The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. to the point where you had the report from the Senate Intelligence Committee that came out and yeah it's we've talked about it it's out there now everybody is spent and now we get to enjoy the cigarette afterwards we will mention it here once again just because this is the latest on it Uh, And it seems like from everything that's being said by individual teams that nobody's going to be, well, at least the teams are not going to be doing it as a unified thing. Obviously, certain players can decide to do it on their own. But the teams are going to go back to doing the whole, we're standing for the anthem, we're not being in locker rooms. Now, they might decide to do what the Packers did, and, you know, lock arm in arm and everything, and I think that's great. Uh, that's not disrespectful at all, and if you think it is, there's nothing wrong with you. But, you know, hey, it, it's good to be unified as a team and uh, unified for whatever they uh, feel that they need to represent. But I thought that this meeting uh, seemed very important because it, it seemed to put things into perspective of let's make sure we're kneeling for the right reasons and not kneeling just to go against what the president said, which at the end of the day, if you're doing it for that, you're not really doing it for the issues at hand. Uh, do you like this, that we're sort of putting the focus back on what it was, what, what Kaepernick was trying to get out there? Absolutely, because 
how he started this was to address use a very powerful message to address some very solid points and injustices going on in this country. And now since everybody is forced to relearn that and open their eyes all over again, it's going back to the proper dialogue. And that's all well and good with me. Yeah, it seems like from what the uh, player representatives are said to be, Jonathan Casillas in New York Giants defensive end uh, was the person that spoke out, and he had this to say about Kaepernick and what he's doing and, and what they are trying to do here now. And some of this might be controversial for some folks, so I'm sorry if this bothers you, but I'm going to read it here. We kind of left Kaepernick to hang. I think so. Collectively, we did at the NFL, with the owners included and all that, with the coaches and everything. I don't want to compare him to Rosa Parks in any type of way, but the situation is similar. What Rosa Parks did when she sat in front of the bus and did not get up, that was the craziest thing that anybody has done. Disrespectful to white people, disrespectful to the country, disrespectful to the laws that we had established because those were the laws back then. But you know what? The whole black race, minorities in general, were behind Rosa Parks. And stuff got done because of that. Laws were changed because of that. When Kaepernick kneeled, he didn't receive any support from a lot of us. And now it's like, okay, we're kneeling with him now. Are we really kneeling with him now? Are we? Or are we going against what President Trump said? What do you think about that? I mean, with how these protests started, yes, you did see a major uptick based upon those particular comments. But I also think that they just accentuated a lot of things that needed to be done and said. So I respect everybody uniting as one to do that. And you are going to have isolated players who are still continuing it for that particular reason, and that's fine. But to steer the dialogue back to where it was originally meant to go, I'm more than comfortable with that as well. Yeah, I mean, and that's good that we're getting back there. Obviously, that's going to create its own issues for people, but at the end of the day, you want to be focusing on the right thing here and not make it some kind of attack between the NFL and the president, which that's kind of what it became last week. Now, because, again, before the president spoke, it was starting to become something that, again, was on the – it was becoming on the ticker of ESPN of NFL.com. It wasn't something that people were just openly talking about constantly. Yes, does that mean that the issues were getting a little bit lost? Okay, but it was starting to become more about the game and less about who kneeled and who didn't kneel and, and whatever. And I would like, again, for the focus to be on the field and less on other things. Don't know if the, you know, if Roger Goodell took some of those Sunday ticket cancelings and everything else as a way to say, okay, guys, let's, let's figure this out because we don't want people canceling more subscriptions or anything like that uh, that ends up hurting the league uh, also hurts their TV as well. But uh, I, I mean, I know we talked about this before, but it's 
that kind of silly that you're canceling a subscription to something? It's not just the... Go ahead. Yeah, it is silly that you're canceling and you're also between the NFL Sunday ticket here locally, the Jaguars, they're asking for refunds because of the protests and I'm sorry, but it's not interfering with the game. A lot of times, you're sitting at home, you're laying out your snacks, you're making your beer runs, you're doing whatever during the anthem anyways. Okay, you didn't miss one opportunity, one minute of anything during these protests. So really, what are you losing and what grievance do you have to get a refund? And I see the same thing to the Jaguars fans who want refunds for their game tickets or their season tickets. You're coming to watch the games. You still get to see the games. Now, if you're doing that because the Jaguars are terrible in Jacksonville, fine. So far this season, they have been. I don't think you get to ask for a refund because the team played badly. Well, no, but I mean, I'm saying that if you did that, you have more of a legit case. And you would have more people that are on your side. But asking for those refunds just because of these protests, no. I agree with you, but what do you say to those that, well, I'm watching this and now it ruins my care for the game how it ruins your care for the game I would like to know other than that just don't watch I mean I during the national anthem a lot of times I just change channel come back when it's done when they're kicking off great I'm good to go or I get up and I do something else Yeah, uh, it's, that, that's the thing, right? I mean, but for them, they're saying, okay, we're paying this exorbitant price, especially for Sunday ticket, especially if you pay for the whole thing at once, which is like, what, $250, $300, uh, or if you pay for the one that's without direct TV, which I think is almost boring on the, that one for sure is $300 plus. If you pay for the whole thing and aren't paying for the monthly, if you can get them to refund you three hundred dollars because of some protests, man, you got some direct TV or being wimps, honestly. But uh, you know, it is what it is. They really are. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Everybody is so sensitive about corporate pressure and things like that. So I get it from that point from Direct TV's end. But I mean, come on. If you're really trying to be a big player and be a monopoly, you stand firm. But that's why they're in the corner office and I am sitting on my couch. Well, I mean, as long as they're Dish Network and whatever cable provider they have near them that's not AT&T, that's still competition and they kind of do have to deal with that in a way. But, uh, all right, let's Let's get away from talking about off the field and let's talk, well, there, there is some off the field stuff that will be talked about, but it's positive off the field stuff. So 
that's what's good about this week is uh, let's start with, of course, the first game that everybody <laughs> will get to see. Well, not everybody. Some people won't wake up that early, especially if you're on the West Coast and it's at 6.30 a.m. Uh, the Miami Dolphins will be playing the New Orleans Saints in London. Second week in a row that we have a London game. And the Miami Dolphins still have not explained why Owen Simmons was suspended, but he has now been reinstated by uh, the Dolphins here. I mean, and he will play in Sunday's game. That whole situation is a mystery. Reports of him going back to be with his baby mama and visiting with the Steelers and showing up at their practice facility and him saying he wished he never left. I, uh, there are way too many question marks for me to be comfortable with this. And there's even more question marks coming out of Miami why they're not even addressing the question marks I have in the situation itself. Yeah, I guess they decided to keep it in-house, and that's understandable, especially if it has to do with personal issues, not just the whole going to see the Pittsburgh team or whatever, but if it did have to do with baby mama or whatever, that's not something that necessarily has to be out there for everybody to know, and I guess good by the team. Yeah, I get it from that part, but you went so far as to file a police report you can't keep it in house once you go down that road right but if they find him they, they don't really have to tell you what was going on mm. yeah. if the police find him that's something different but, but yeah uh, let's looking at the game here of course the, you know neutral field but uh, I, I think this is Jai got bottled up last week. I don't think the Saints are going to be bottling up Jai uh, this week. However, on the other side, you know, uh, Adrian Peterson's been sidelined with some problems uh, lately, but Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara are going to have problems on their end, so a lot of pressure's going to be put on Drew Brees against this defense. To go past happy again, we know we can still do it. The issue is more on the Dolphins side of what Jay Cutler are you getting? Don't remind me. Just that uh, we know what we're getting from the Saints. They'll go to Wembley and put up thirty. The Dolphins could put up thirty-five. They could put up six. We don't know. Yes, uh, but what do you think is going to happen here? The Saints defense, obviously still not improved, even though they keep mm-hmm. saying this year after year. Uh, the Dolphins have the passing attack to keep up with the Saints if you get into a shootout, which if you're in London, you're hoping for because you want something better than the blowout you got last week. I mean... You know, not everybody there is a, is a Jaguars fan, but... No, no. Ah, uh, I'm thinking you're going to see the better part of Jake Cutler because you do have a Swiss cheese sort of secondary. So, 
I think we're going to get those shootout, that shootout that the fans are craving for. Do you uh, do you feel like the mileage has started to take a toll on the Dolphins? I mean, in just these three weeks, they will have traveled, I think, somewhere around almost nine thousand miles. It, you're going to see a little bit of an effect now, but they were going to go through at least some of this anyways, given their schedule. I mean, against, of course, the Jets and traveling to London this early in the season, and they would have had to play Tampa Bay anyways. So it wouldn't have been incredibly terrible. But once you start getting week six, week seven, that's when it's really going to start piling up and you're going to see a lot of problems. I mean, you still haven't played a home game. You're not going to play a home game until next week. I don't nope. think that that starts taking a toll eventually. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to acclimate to London. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the Dolphins are a team that's done this before. Uh, they seem to play in London rather regularly uh, from the first game when they played the Giants. So I just, I put a little stock in that, but I don't think that's a reason to say, oh, they're going to lose or whatever. But Mm-mm. yeah, I think it just comes down to if the offense defense is what they can do, and that's stifle offenses, even though they really couldn't do that to the Jets last week, uh, now you get a much more, you know, skilled quarterback in here, Andrew Brees. You know, uh, so you gotta you gotta start wondering about that secondary, what they're gonna be able to do if they, uh, but you know, if the Saints offensive line doesn't hold and the, the Dolphins get pressure, different story. But I still think it comes down to what kind of Jay Cutler are you getting. And I almost feel like I have to go to this, with the Saints on that for that reason. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm going to go with the Dolphins on this roller coaster, but don't count on me to pick in their favor going forward this season. Speaking of picking in their favor, the Buffalo Bills have been a team that surprised a lot of folks. And once again, not a lot of people are picking in their favor as the Atlanta Falcons are playing in Mercedes-Benz undefeated. And, you know, it's uh, a difficult place for... For anybody to go in, it's a you know new stadium. The, the fans are gonna be rocking, but the Bills have played defense. Uh, they, uh, not, not many teams have been able to play defense as, as good as they have. Uh, they are a catch away from possibly being undefeated. Mm-hmm. Atlanta Falcons are very. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons are two catches away from not being. Undefeated, so 
what you see here. I mean, this is it's a tall task for the Bills, but it, that's that's defense has been uh, holding people under some points. They can, and I'm really wondering if they're going to do it again. How they're going to have the matchups against like a Julio Jones, a Muhammad Sanu, the top receivers like that. Because, yeah, even if you uh, control Devontae Freeman, say you hold him to only 50, 60 yards, you still have to worry about that passing threat. I think the Bills are going to be up to the challenge. But at the same time, look at the Bills' offense. That's been known to kind of sputter more often than not. Right. I mean, you look at, uh, I think, again, it's going to come down to what Shady does as far as getting the winning game going and allowing uh, Tyrod Taylor to have those those moments um, where, you know, he can either run out and, and get yards himself or he's passing the ball, but uh, like you said, he doesn't have the options he's had in previous years, and you're thinking, uh, could he really, could he really do this, you know? I, I just wonder, the Bills defense could certainly, and look, the Lions defense got uh, Matt Ryan in trouble with interceptions last week. Mm-hmm. So if the Bills defense going to do the same, cause keep Matt Ryan having to think about it, get some pressure on him. This is a different game. You keep it close. We've seen the Bills. If you keep it close, they'll be that team that can seal it. And I, I wouldn't put it past the Bills winning at all. I just, it's part of me. It's just, it's so hard to say. Oh, they're gonna get a win in Mercedes Benz with the way Atlanta's been playing. Yeah, but uh, I do. You know, they're they're the number one team in points allowed. So if there's a team that can do it, it's the Bills. Yeah, they could. I just don't see them doing it because their offense. They can hold Atlanta to twenty. They can probably hold Atlanta to thirteen, but. Losing thirteen ten is still a loss. Yeah, I Atlanta's letting passing yards through. They're only twenty. They rank twenty first uh, in defense passing. They're eighth rushing. So it might have might have an issue there with uh, McCoy and and Taylor running. But again, Tyrod Taylor provides such a threat that it's hard to game plan for him. It's, it all just depends on if you find Charles Clay, get some passes going, get something to say, Jones. I, it, I got to go with Atlanta here. Same here. So what team are you going to get in Baltimore? That is an interesting question. As uh, two teams 
that can't stand each other have to play uh, twice a year. This is their first meeting. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have the greatest track record when it comes to playing Baltimore in Baltimore. Do we see the Baltimore Ravens defense kind of return to form here against the division yeah. opponent? Absolutely. There's a reason why these teams play three times a year on somewhat of a regular basis because they just seem to match up perfectly with each other. The 44-7 game, let's just face it, that was a total aberration on so many levels. That's not going to happen again. I don't think John Harbaugh is going to let it happen again. And we've seen this defense, and just even with this Pittsburgh team, they're more vulnerable than usual this year. Roethlisberger's still on that streak where he hasn't reached 300 passing yards. I don't see it again this week. This is going to be another slugfest. Yeah, it'll be another slugfest. Joe Flacco will have to return to being Joe Flacco, which that's not uh, something that you can say is going to come easily. But again, they're missing Marshall Yonda. Uh, that Pittsburgh defense don't I haven't uh, heard anything if TJ Watt's going to be back yet or not. And even then, that uh, front four is still formidable. And it's something that the Ravens got to watch out for. I think you could definitely see a lot of pressure come his way. Mm-hmm. It can that, you know, between uh, Buck Allen, Terrence West, their running game sort of keeps things. Uh, it looks like TJ Watt was a full participant in practice, so he might be Big on plus. his way back. A big plus. Very big plus. Uh, Yeah, I just... I don't know. I think in a slugfest, when it comes down to it, if you're limiting the Bears, we've seen Le'Veon Bell still hasn't had that breakout game. He could be due, but... I'm going to go with the Ravens, actually. Terrell Suggs came out earlier this week and says he's figured out all of Big Ben's tricks at this point. And Big Ben doesn't look like Big Ben either. Uh, True. Very true. But me personally, I am going to go with Baltimore. But I never trust a person when they say they figured out all his tricks. Because while Big Ben hasn't looked like the Big Ben we've seen even in recent years, there may be one left up his sleeve. Just the one. And the other two teams in the division are playing each other 0-3s. I mean, it's in Cleveland. If there's a game that's there for the Browns to win. And I'm picking them in this one. Don't like the Bengals? And their confidence is particularly shot after these three games. Cleveland's got something they can look forward to, at least. 
We have, I mean, Cleveland still has, I would say, a formidable defense, especially against a divisional opponent. We've seen Deshaun Kaiser uh, has thrown quite a few interceptions. I would expect him to at least throw another one here. I think there's a lot of fresh running Hill, and he's going to have to deliver here, or we could see A.J. McCarron next week, this next week. And then Marvin Lewis would be worried about himself, too, because this is an 0-3 team. You should be coming in here. Uh, no, you know, home field advantage is not really what it is when it's a divisional opponent. I, I got to go with the Bengals. It's, I just think that Cleveland still has a lot of kinks to figure out. You still haven't shown any of that running game that we saw from Lothar Crowell even last year. And, uh, you know, just you got a rookie quarterback. He's going to make mistakes. I think the Bengals can pounce on that. Fair enough. But if we do wind up going to go to A.J. McCarron this season, Marvin Lewis is just going to be gone. I mean, this is an owner that's had a lot of faith in, kept him around, been okay with every excuse that he's thrown out there. And, I mean, many of them are legitimate, let's be honest, but just saying, he's he's dealt with a lot here, and I think, you know, you can only go so far with that. Let's get this one out of the way, the Jacksonville going to the New York Jets. If Jacksonville's defense comes and lays an egg in this game. I just don't know what to say. <laughs> like, there better be a dominant performance here. And they should be taking Josh McCown to town. The, the only reason why I'm picking the Jaguars to win is because it's not in Jacksonville. They've blown out the Texans in Houston, blew out the Ravens in London. This could have set up to be another blowout in New Jersey. Yeah, it could certainly be another blowout. I, I think it might be a not-so-big-of-a-blowout, but uh, still plenty there. Uh, just between Fournette running, uh, Blake Boyles is going to do enough. I think it's Maybe. the Jaguars' defense. Yeah, between Dexter Fowler, he's starting to finally break out. We got the big signing of Calais Campbell, and along that front line, they could give McCown hell, unless we forget former Jaguar quarterback. I mean, this is a team that stuffed Jay Johnny last week, so if they stuff Fournette and force Portals to throw a lot more, yikes, watch out. Yeah, true, but I don't see Bortles needing that kind of a game, and let's face it, for the Jets, if their main concern on the receiving end is trying to contain Mercedes Lewis, that speaks volumes. You aren't wrong, but... Uh, Tennessee's traveling to Houston. Interesting game here. Two teams 
Houston once again having a, a defense that is supposed to be one of those that stops people and can take control of a game. You know, Marcus Burrow in that running attack. I feel like, uh, you know, we saw Deshaun Watson lead that team and almost get the big win on the Patriots. You're at home. You didn't play well uh, at all against the Jags in that week one. I think you're looking to come back home and give that city something to be happy about. Uh, Sean Watson now first full game in our Energy Stadium. He did the wonderful thing to help out the Hurricane Harvey uh, people in his in the Texans office that were affected by the hurricane gave him his game check. I mean that's that's awesome. I think the, the fans are going to be going crazy to to hear his name and be rallying, supporting around him. <sighs> you know, getting that emotional stuff out of here though is I think Foreman can create a problem for the Titans defense. And, uh, you know, you still got, I don't know that the Titans have somebody that can really corral DeAndre Hopkins. So. No, I mean, you could argue, I really couldn't even argue in someone like McCordy in their secondary. It, no. McCordy, I think, is with another team now, so. No, I can swear that I saw him with the Titans in... Looking at that Seattle game, but uh, well, there's two McCordys. So. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think if the offensive line can do what they can do and give Deshaun Watson time, and they also kind of shift and implement a little bit more of the read option offense, like you're seeing with a lot more of these mobile quarterbacks, I think Houston can take this one. Yeah, that, that is a different dynamic. I mean, the Titans obviously get the game plan against that with uh, Marcus Mariota. But I think Deshaun Watson has a different kind of athleticism than Mariota does. Mm-hmm. Uh, as in, he's not the skilled passer that Mariota is, but you do have to worry about his feet a lot more. And right. I think if uh, Watson can start getting some of his other receivers involved, and I think this is where they miss both over the most. And not just Hopkins, I think they'll be much better off for it. But we'll see uh, definitely what's going on here. It's, it's going to be an interesting game there for Houston, who I think really needs this win uh, to make sure they kind of stay in things in, in the division, even though I'm sure it will be. Uh, close the whole way, especially once Andrew Luck comes back uh, for the Colts. Uh, another divisional game, Detroit take it on Minnesota. Uh, we I already mentioned before that, or I mentioned it during the, the TNF breakdown, uh, Sam Bradford has been ruled out again for this game. Uh, we saw what Detroit, of course this was at home, did to Atlanta on the offensive side of the ball, uh, pressuring Matt Ryan uh, forcing him into committing three interceptions. Uh, Case Keenum is obviously not Matt Ryan. You have to think he comes back down to earth. Uh, but they did get Dalvin Cook going, 
and uh, that's going to create uh, an issue for the Lions' defense. What do you think, though? Uh, Vikings' offensive line, I think, is uh, a shade down from the Falcons' offensive line. They should be able to get that pressure. They should, and I think they will. And with Detroit, they finally realize that they don't need to rely so much on a fourth-quarter comeback. I think they can contain really the balance of the game. And I think they're really going to get the Amir Abdullah, because I believe he's healthy, ready to go, try to get him going if they can, so that way that takes a little bit of the pressure off of Stafford. And then he can find guys like Golden Tate and really exploit a Vikings secondary. I mean, they have had to rely on it the last couple of times, but if mm-hmm. there's a quarterback that I'm counting on to do that, I think uh, I'd much rather have Stafford than Case Keenum. Absolutely, because Keenum can't do what he did in putting up nearly 400 yards consistently. He's shown that. I think Detroit realizes that. And again, you get a big guy like Haloti Nata trying to get in his face, and eh, you're going to cause some issues. Well, the Lions have the second. You know, it's, it's going to be a battle of the secondaries, I feel, because the Lions have uh, Slay and Glover who can not necessarily take Diggs out of the game, but make him where he's not as effective. For Keenum, that's been the guy that's gone off in, in the games that Keenum's played. Mm-hmm. And then you have, on the other end, you know, Minnesota defense that is absolutely going to be getting in the Detroit Lions' uh, face. You know, they're going to be getting in Stafford's face. It's about Stafford getting that ball out. And, you know, we've seen Abdullah do well, but this is a game where he's going to get the vital and I don't know. They might stuff him, and you put a lot of pressure on Stafford, and we'll see if he he can do it. I'm going to give the edge to the Lions because I think Keenan will make some mistakes here that will give that Lions uh, will give Stafford a short field and all that. But you know, this could easily be one of those games where it's like 16-13 or something like that, too. Yeah, because um, looking at some of the lines, I think. Looking at a lot of these un- over-unders in the 42.5 to 43.5 range, mm-mm, mm-mm. Keenum's going to rely way too much and try to make way too many throws to Stephon Diggs. And I think Adam Thielen is also going to have another quiet game. The Lions take this one. Dallas goes back home after getting a big win on Monday night in Arizona, the Rams got, uh, they squeaked by the 49ers on Thursday Night Football. That was a thriller. And now they get to go against Dallas. Could be a shootout. Could also be one of those games that uh, it's tight the whole way through uh, because you know, if Demarcus Lawrence can get in on this offensive line like he has been, it's going to be great problems for uh, Jared Goff. But we know what the, the Rams' defensive line can do. I, 
it's, I don't know, this is a tough one. This is a, a, a tough matchup. Uh, the Rams have all kinds of weapons that can create mm-hmm. problems for the Cowboys secondary. Jalen Smith is sort of a, he's a weakness there when he has to go out and cover. He's definitely great at making tackles and uh, getting involved in the blitz game if he has to, but you don't want him going out there in coverage. They have tight ends that can be involved. They have Todd Gurley who can go out there for passes. Obviously, Zeke can do that as well for the, the Cowboys, but they don't use him in that capacity. So I really feel like it's which defense can hold up, and then it comes down to the quarterbacks. Uh, and if that's the case, I think I'm going to stick with Dallas just barely. Because this is another defense that could hold down Zeke. They really can, and that's going to be issues. But I think even with Zeke held in check, Dak has already shown the poise that I don't think Goff has yet. Goff can still very easily be rattled, and especially if he's having to check down to Gurley a lot more out of the backfield, well, then that just makes it easier for Dallas's front four. Taking them, taking the secondary out of it just a teeny bit. Yeah, the Cowboys' defense is actually pretty. I mean, I think the C.J. Anderson deal was that was just a game where nothing was going right for that team. But generally, the Cowboys' defense is good at stopping the run, creating an issue for Gurley. I think again, what we. What we saw in that point in our game is that Gurley was kept involved in various ways. If Gurley can't run and you have to put a lot more pressure on golf, that's where, like you said, he can be rattled. Uh, he did make the mistake that cost him the game against the Redskins. Dak doesn't make mistakes like that. Uh, well, we have seen him do it, and he, you know he has made interceptions, but... Uh, Generally, Dak takes care of the football. I'm going to go with what I would say the more experienced quarterback at this point. Uh, the Cowboys win at home. Same here. And finally, to close out the 1 o'clock games, the New England Patriots at home against the struggling Carolina offense. That defense is still there, but if that defense had problems last week, Imagine what you're going to have against Tom Brady and this Patriots offense that seems to be back on track. I just don't see a way the Patriots don't win at home here. Brady's going to go off again. Out of all the lines, this is the second biggest spread. Their favorite from anywhere from 8 to 10 and a half. To me, that seems like easy money at this point. Yeah, that Patriots defensive line has been getting pressure. Uh, they've been getting sacks. So Cam Newton's he seems to be all sorts of out of whack right now. Not himself. Uh, Calvin Benjamin's been dealing with injuries, which obviously hurts your passing game. Uh, they've been got they've been getting Christian McCaffrey involved, but you know if they key in on him, which that's what Belichick likes to do, he likes to take away your biggest asset 
on offense. I feel like that's the guy he's going to key in on. And, yeah, it's going to be a long day for Cam Newton. Patriots are going to win. Let's move on to the 4 o'clock games. Uh, divisional game, Arizona at home against San Francisco. I feel like the 49ers benefited a lot from being at home in that game. Uh, not to mention, just look, I know Brian Hoyer can throw it. And it's just, I would have, when we saw the Cowboys expose that last week as well, just, I feel like the Cardinals are going to be angry. Carson Palmer, they don't have the rush that DeMarcus Lawrence provides, which allows Palmer to have more freedom to throw. Still no David Johnson, but I think Palmer will be enough in this game uh, between the receivers and tight ends, and the defense will hold uh, Brian Hoyer. Uh, this won't be a shootout, Arizona. No. Yeah, no David Johnson, but John Brown is coming back. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, a very big deal. He's full participant in practice, and you're getting now another threat that Arizona's really been missing. And, yeah, that could be enough to really send them over the edge and see this one through. Tampa Bay at home. I guess the New York Giants are coming in at 0-3. You thought that the Bucks had a good defense. And then you have the game uh, that happened last week. So, uh, just, you know, I, I think it's going to create problems to, for the you know, James Winston's got to deal with this pass rush the Giants have and that secondary as well. Can they remove Mike Evans from the equation, which is difficult, obviously. Uh, and then, you know, you got Deshaun Jackson, who's a Giants killer uh, on the other end. That's that's an issue they got to deal with, too. Uh, the quiz Rogers, Doug Martin, whoever it is, I, I think... It's going to create just enough for Winston. Uh, being at home, I want to think that the Giants are finally going to get one. This could certainly be the game. But I'm going no, to the Bucks here. No, 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 no. Lest we forget, even with a, their bad performance last week, you're going up against a team with an incredibly porous offensive line and a quarterback in Eli Manning, which, yeah, when he's on, great, but he's only been on in bits and spurts this season. You can get him to throw interceptions more than just about anybody else. Oh, but James Winston throws a lot of interceptions, too. This is true. So there's going to be a lot of potential combined picks in this game. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is, for the Bucks defense, this is going to be the opponent that the doctor ordered. It may come down to a pick six, but I think the Bucks take this one. Actually, I'm going to change that pick. I'm going to go with the Giants. This one's to your point of, if this game is close, I would count on Eli Manning finding Odell Beckham. 
for one of those scores. Uh, we saw it last week. The Giants were able to hang around, hang around. That fourth quarter game, they blew up. We're able to get through an Eagles defense, which I would think is better than the Bucks. And I see you're coming off another loss. This team's feeling a lot of pressure. I feel like that this is going to be that game. The Giants are going to get the win here. Mm, we'll see. I'm just wondering how old old Beckham's going to step up his celebration from last week. Oh, God. Well, he already knows he can't do a celebration like that. Even the owner uh, had a private talk uh, with him. Well, you know, the Eagles won a miraculous fashion last week, and due to that, uh, Carson Wentz and Jake Elliott, the game-winning field goal kicker, are going to... Uh, Carson Wentz is going to give his game check to a charity of Jake Elliott's choosing. Uh, I think that's a fair enough compromise. And I forgot to mention during the Panthers and uh, Patriots that Coach Ron Rivera has given $50,000 to the uh, relief for Hurricane and Maria for Puerto Rico. So props to you, Ron Rivera. They certainly do need it. And oh, day ever. Yes, the military is having to get involved to finally get things going down there. I'm just glad that uh, it's happening. And, yeah, just, um, it, you know, the Eagles are now another team going into Stub Up Center uh, to play the Chargers. Chargers 0-2 in that stadium so far. Uh, 0-3 on the year. They've been in close games. Uh, every single time, and they keep losing. Um, uh, I think they're due. I think the Chargers are finally due. That, that was my thinking, too, is that, you know, the Chiefs game, they just got, ended up being beat by the better team. Uh, the, you know, the Kareem Hunt clincher was just about right there. Uh, the Dolphins game was just really, really unlucky. And the Broncos game was sort of a really, really unlucky as well. Uh, you know, I, you know the, the Eagles defense is going to be rough to break down. Rivers keeps throwing interceptions, but it doesn't help things at all. Um, they're going to be able to stifle Melvin Gordon in that running game. I just think you, you can't count out the, the Chargers defense either. This might be another shootout, certainly, but I'm going to I'm just think the Chargers are probably going to get one. Yeah, and I mean, the Eagles are going in. They're primed for a little bit of a letdown going west after this emotional win. And again, the Chargers... The hex has got to go away sometime. I mean, let let StubHub Center at least see one victory before you head back to San Diego. I really hope that's not the case, honestly. Hey, you went through all this to get them to L.A. Keep them there. Uh, we, the game of the week is the divisional matchup between the Oakland Raiders and the Denver Broncos, it's in mile high. Uh, we saw the Oakland Raiders have an absolutely poor performance on Monday Night Football. 
They take center stage again as the big game for Sunday afternoon. This one should be close. Oh, in mile high. I know you're going to have Khalil Mack running at you and everything else. Mm-hmm. Against that porous offensive line. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the Broncos at home, though. Mm-mm. I think this is where Oakland writes the ship. I mean, it's still Trevor Simeon. He can't keep doing this. He can't. And I don't think he will. Uh, you got to remember who you're playing in the secondary, though. You're talking about probably the best trio of defenders to go against those receivers. You got a, a Broncos defense that can stop and run to keep Marshawn Lynch down. I'm not saying it's the same thing as what the Redskins did. They're probably going to perform better because you seem to know each other, but. Mm hmm. I'm just saying, it could be a defensive I, battle. I know it could easily be a defensive battle, and that could screw over the Raiders so hard. I get that. I'm just saying. Oakland was in a funk. I think they got the funk out of their system. They sprayed the aerosol all over the place. Everything smells like Glade again. It's good to go. Everything's supposed to take Glee again. It's good to go. Uh, I like that one. Uh, it's, I don't know. I feel like that uh, altitude is, is going to be helping the Broncos here. I just, I don't know. Even if it comes down to like one of those game-winning field goal kind of things, just, the Broncos, Broncos are winning this one at home. Uh, speaking of winning, Seattle being the Colts at home, I'm sorry, Jacoby Brissett, but as bad as that offensive line is for the Seahawks, and the Colts do have a little bit of a rush, but that secondary is not holding Russell Wilson down, oh. and that Seattle defense is going to get Jacoby Brissett all kinds of problems. Remember how I said that the, uh, Patriots had the second biggest spread over the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Guess who has the biggest? This game. Yes. I'm seeing a lot of 13s and a couple 14s for good reason. It's just, just, no. No. Sorry, Colts. You're no, no. Yeah, you might even make the Seattle offensive line look good in this one. And that's saying something. <laughs> that's certainly saying something. The Washington Redskins this time go into Arrowhead for the second week in a row playing an AFC West team. Kansas City Chiefs, best team in the NFL right now. And they're gonna. They're going to prove it. They're they're, going to prove it. At Arrowhead, Green Hunt's been unstoppable. I know what they did to that Oakland Raiders offense, but just the Chiefs got between Hunt and Alex Smith doing his thing, 
That Chiefs defense is no joke. I think they're going to be getting into Kirk Cousins' face. Josh Norman's going to get torched. Yeah, I'll, I'll, he'll get torched for a Tyree kill. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, I feel like by a touchdown, Casey gets this one. Yeah, funny you say that because that's the line. Kansas City by a touchdown. I think they're going to do even better than that. I say they take it by double digits. Yeah, in order for Washington to really, they have to be able to run the ball to get the pressure off Kirk Cousins. And then just Jameson Crowder, Ryan Grant, those, you know, Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, they're going to have to get things going. Certainly they're missing Eric Berry, but I feel like they still have enough to stop the Redskins. I just, uh, I, I can't see it. You're going into Arrowhead. This is a rough place to to go and play. The Eagles almost uh, did it. But uh, it's, that, that was just one of those where they got the, they had the time. They beat the Raiders. All props to them, but not doing it to the Chiefs. I will be shocked if uh, we get that kind of similar game. Yeah, that that ain't happening. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for the NFL picks. Let's get through the college pickums here. Maryland without their quarterback against the undefeated Minnesota Golden Gophers. Oh, hey, big-time deal in golfers in Minnesota, don't you know? P.J. Fleck, baby. He's the yeah, man. they got that new highfalutin coach going to row the boat. <laughs> God. Uh, Minnesota, don't you know? <laughs> They're going to win. They're going to win uh, this game probably pretty handily, I would say. Absolutely. Uh, and then let's see how they navigate the rest of the Big Ten, and especially their Big Ten West. If they could do this for no start, this could give key momentum to at least make noise and threaten a trip to the Big Ten title game. For sure. Uh, for sure. So Vanderbilt, after getting absolutely torched by Alabama last week, Going into the swamp to face the number 21 ranked Florida Gators. Any shot here? No. And part of me likes that because, again, Nashville, certain goings on. Oh, stop it. This has nothing to do with whether Nashville gets the stadium or the team. Hey, hey, I'm sticking by. If they pull out miracles and they do things and they make it to Atlanta, okay, that has my backing. But 59 nothing just speaks volumes for me. Music to my ears. I think the Gators have figured it out with Luke Torrio being the quarterback. Uh, Vanderbilt, I know, I know they're going to be wanting to come in and prove that that was a just, hey, we got beat by the, by Alabama. I mean, everybody gets beat by Alabama. You know, but it is uh, Florida, for their part, they're probably going to leave it 
for Vanderbilt to still be in it late, like for the likes to do, but I'd still say the Gators are going to win this one. Yeah, this ain't Kentucky. <laughs> you got the robbery there with Kentucky, so uh, fair enough on that one. So Mississippi State, who made LSU look awful, uh, went and got beat by Georgia, and now they have to travel to Auburn. Tough matchup here. Really tough matchup for Mississippi State to deal with. I just feel like you're going into Auburn different than being at home when you play LSU. I think uh, Auburn's going to win this one. I actually have Mississippi State. Granted, Auburn is at home, but they've had some really ugly moments. Ugly moments. No doubt. No doubt about that. Yes. They could easily lose that game. Not, wouldn't be surprised at all. Ah, yeah, still, you're almost persuading but I'm still going to stick with Auburn here. That, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Memphis trying to still be 4-0 going against the Central Florida Knights. Uh, I got UCF on this one. I technically shouldn't stand them because of personal history, but I figure Memphis is still a basketball school. Uh, I got Memphis. They'll still be undefeated again. Uh, you've got uh, Oklahoma State having to recover after that loss of TCU going against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Who are three and zero? No joke for themselves. This is a tough game to go from playing TCU to playing another team that you know they like to throw the ball around. I, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State being angry and wanting to prove that they they still got a and you know they could again beat Oklahoma and, and still be in everything. So they got to win this one, Oklahoma State. Pistols firing 60 to 50. <laughs> well, that would certainly be pretty awesome to see. Uh, hopefully that's, that's the score. I just really want to see that now. San Diego State, once again, making us have to wait till late. Taking on Northern Illinois. Trying to stay undefeated. They're gonna. This ain't the same Northern Illinois that's relevant. Even yeah, that's what I was going to say. This is not the San Diego Illinois as previous years. San Diego State wins this one. Uh, California, who just came from losing to USC uh, in a game that was close at times, but then USC pulled away. And Oregon, who was in a close one with Arizona State and, and lost. Uh, it's in Oregon. I'm going to go with the Ducks. I'm going with the Bears on this one. Well, you know, in uh, the Animal Kingdom, you'd certainly want to go with the Bears on that one, too. But uh, this is football, and the Ducks will reign. Yeah, I in a matchup, now if, if now college were to ever do a color rush style game, this would be the one, just to yeah. see what Orton does. 
this will be fun. So, so you gotta get the highlight yellow out there. What do you, the the all green? What are you doing, Oregon? We gotta know. Also in the nightcap there, Colorado trying to shake off that huge blowout loss from Washington, taking on UCLA. Hmm. I honestly, I have the Bruins in this one. Would it surprise me if Colorado recovers? No, simply because UCLA are just total masochists. But, yeah, I I, I, I think UCLA just gets this one. And then we got the two big games here. Uh, Georgia taking on rival Tennessee. It's in Tennessee. What do you think? Could they pull it off? Yes. I'm calling the upset. Oh, my. Rocky Top and all that stuff. Plus, uh, with my own personal experience, Tennessee does have much better moonshine. I think Georgia's a national title contender, and to do that, you got to beat these tough teams. <laughs> okay. They looked really good. They looked really good. I'm, I'm saying Georgia's, Georgia's going to be rising up those ranks here, uh, especially because somebody's got to lose in that game that's not on our pick But uh, Well, somebody's got to lose in one of the games that's on our pick and then one of them is not because they played too early. Uh, but uh, the big game, the big game on Saturday, Clemson. Going into Blacksburg and taking on Virginia Tech. This is a tough game here. I think probably the biggest test, honestly, if you're looking at it for Clemson. Uh, Louisville is not the same team they were last year. Virginia Tech, however, has a better team this year than last year. This is... Oof, I'm going to say Clemson, but I'm not feeling too confident about that one. I got Clemson in a nail-biter. Yeah, I'm that's... a little bit higher confidence on this one because you talk about this is a big test for Clemson. This is an even bigger test for the Hokies. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Big, big test uh, for them. Uh, so, going to some games here because they're in the top 25 and they matter. Uh, that uh, we'll have some interesting lead ins here. Ole Miss, and they got any chance against Alabama? No. Just, just thought that out there. Yeah. Alabama <laughs> should be winning. It's in. Tuscaloosa, no doubt on that. Uh, Penn State and Indiana. We did see Indiana really? play Ohio State tough. Yeah, and then look at how they collapsed in the fourth quarter. Hey, Iowa, it took them beating Iowa with a last-second touchdown. They're not going to let that happen again. I'm just throwing that out there. Come on, as much as I love Legau rocking the number 21 like a boss, he telegraphs his throws. 
Penn State's defense is going to be way too hungry. Yeah, Penn State should win this one. I think it'll be closer than, than first off. Texas did sneak by Iowa State 17-7 today, by the way. That, that whoop, shouldn't have been whoop, that close. But whoop-dee-doo, you beat Iowa State. Yay. Tom Herman, we're going to celebrate this win, y'all. Yeah, Mr. Bunker Mentality. <laughs> and the two games on Friday, Duke 4-0. It's in Durham at Wallace Wade Stadium against Miami. You're legit, <laughs> you're legit asking me after what happened on the kickoff. Really? Hey. I'm saying it could happen, man. No. 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 Miami is going to be pissed after last year. So there's that, too. All I'm saying is you're lucky it's late. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to pick dude for the upset one still. So I'm probably going to be wrong, but. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> You're like, I'm waiting. You're waiting for the what the other shoot up. Mm-hmm. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. And then the other game that's going to be making us stay up till freaking one o'clock in the morning because this one is for all the you know all the early marbles in the uh, Pac-12. USC going in to Pullman to play Washington State. And you know what? I think the end of the road is here for USC. They played all these close games. Yeah, they pulled away from California, but this is one where, you know, Luke Falk is going to come in here. He's going to be throwing a clinic. Washington State. Once again, the Apple Cup is going to matter in the Pac-12. Washington State's going to take one step closer to making that happen. All right. Should be, should be a fun day of college football, of course. Again, these two games happening on Friday night. So uh, a nice appetizer before you get into the Saturday games, which that's already uh, yeah, some big games that we already talked about. So Exactly. Yeah. And congratulations, Texas for at least having a decent amuse-bouche. <laughs> Fair enough. And all right, that's going to do it for us here. Uh, hopefully uh, you enjoyed our show. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button to Football to the Max or subscribe to the whole WCN Network where you get not only this show, but you get the kickoff, which Eric and I are also on. It's more of a debate, fun-style show. Uh, and then... You can listen to us two times a week. We'll be back on Monday night after the Monday night football game, or I guess it would be Tuesday morning at that point, uh, to talk the Monday night football game itself, Chiefs and Redskins, and then we'll also have a recap of week four in the NFL. And then, yeah, you can listen to uh, Eric on Point of View when that comes back on, and I'm on all sorts of different things on the network as well, so this is why you should subscribe, and of course, Go visit that as well. So, I mean, 
For point of viewer, Friday, I do have an edible on hand. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, there you go. Good tease there uh, by Eric. And we will be seeing you around on Tuesday morning. Later, everybody. Peace. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.